Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Corn Fed Coaching Podcast. After a one-week hiatus, uh, I was at my C course, and Jack was here uh, holding down the fort, missing me dearly. <laughs> um, we have a very good episode this week. Uh, Mr. Jamie McQuellen, who coaches for Sporting Iowa, uh, out here in the western suburbs of Des Moines. <laughs> um, yeah, so we should uh, get straight to the episode. We should have new merch coming hopefully soon up on the website. Uh, my favorite shirt of all time is going to be up there. Jack is uh, supposedly brewing some ideas. Uh, he had his evil laugh going yesterday when he was telling me about him. <laughs> brewing. So you can only imagine. Yeah, this weekend they'll be up, ready to go. Brand new merch. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, and we should be rolling. We've got a. Uh, we're going to diversify a little bit. We should have some guests coming up from uh, outside the Iowa uh, area. Uh, maybe some uh, supporting or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Surrounding. That's what I was looking for. Uh, surrounding states. It's still early. Um, so keep in tune to that. Thanks for all the support. Like, subscribe, share with all your soccer friends. <laughs> Should we kick off the pod? Friends. Let's kick off the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Corn Fed Coaching. Today in studio, after a week off, we have a very fine guest, uh, the Red Devil himself, Mr. Jamie McQuellen. How are you, sir? I'm great, boys. How are you? Doing good, Jamie. Doing good, Jamie. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for being here. All right. How's the, uh, how's the season going? How are things? Give us the lowdown. Good. Good. Um, busy times. Three teams. Keeps you nice and busy always. Um, I have the U19 boys, U12 boys, and U14 girls, so range of personalities, range of absolutely everything, really. Um, but been a really good start to the season. Um, we've had two tournaments for our boys, for our 12s. We managed to win both of those, which was good. The girls was a tournament as well, and they came second. And then the 19s, really, really fun group. Um, they just won their recent tournament, too, so... Positive start. Very good, very good. Um, should we just jump right in? Let's do it. Jump right in. All right. Uh, so let's give a, a little bit of, uh, of your background to the people. Where'd you start out? How'd you get interested in soccer? And how'd you get to Iowa? Because that accent doesn't sound very Midwestern to me. No, that's the question everybody asks me is, why Iowa? So it's a long story anyway. I'll, I'm sure I'll get into it. Iowa but chose me. <laughs> it, it, it really did. It really did. I <laughs> um, so for as long as I know, I've always loved uh, football and soccer. Played since I was five years old, growing up in Manchester, England. Um, so obviously there's a natural transition to Des Moines, Iowa there. <laughs> but yeah, as long as I've known, I've played, um, played my junior youth careers for Blackburn, for Stockport County. Um, probably stopped there when I was about 13, 14. Carried on playing junior soccer. And then about 16 years old, I was kind of like getting sick of just doing the same old circuits around. And I decided to stop playing for a year. And I went to a college 
which we did high school at 16 in England, so that's our first year of college, uh, to do law and psychology. Um, so within about four weeks, I realized that <laughs> uh, this is not for me. Quick, this quick, is not for me. quick realization. Thing. Yeah, so I did essays on essays, and I'm like, this is not for me at all. <laughs> but I kind of had to bite the bullet. I'd enrolled. Um, I wasn't going to drop out because I didn't really want to go and work on a building site or anything. I'm kind of useless at everything handy, so... Stuck with it, and then um, I remember sitting in my bed one time, and my mum got on the door, like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, right, there's an opportunity I've just seen. Um, she saw this college, which was an hour, an hour and a bit away from my house. Um, it's a football-specific college. It's called Myerscough College in Preston, um, which is about... Like an hour and ten minutes away, but you have to go and live there. So I thought you're just trying to get rid of me here. I need to <laughs> have a look seriously about it. Went for an orientation day. Talked to me about this. Everything that you learn is going to be like a P lesson, but it's all going to be specific to to football. So all of your assignments, all of your um, practical stuff is all going to be based around football. So I made the decision to, to leave home at 16. Um, I moved out and I had the best two, three years there I've ever had. It was the best thing I ever did. Made me grow up as a person, um, taught me lots of life skills, and the team we had at college was really, really successful too. I think there's four of them now graduated or all playing in the football leagues in England, so it was a really, really good experience. Um, then after that, I just carried on playing semi-pro, did my university degrees, went on to get two degrees actually, um, I had one in, in football coaching and one in sports science. And then as the year that I graduated, um, I think I was 21, 22, I decided to do um, Challenger, a little exchange program, coaching for the summer. Came out here um, and loved my summer. It was amazing. I got to work in six or seven different states, but really, really small towns too. So it's a nice yeah. wide. Like I remember going to a town... Perry, Oklahoma. I know like, Everyone's in Oklahoma. The Forester <laughs> yeah. started in Oklahoma. It's like, it's like the worst. There was like 800 people in the whole town. <laughs> I think it was 800 people in my street growing up. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a bit different, but I loved it. And then ended up meeting my now wife, how every amazing love story starts on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> So, proper romantic. Um, so I went home um, as, as my visa ran out, did a couple months coaching back home in my local youth club around there. Had all intentions coming back out to um, Kansas or Des Moines, wherever it was going to be, so I could be close to her. And then two weeks before I was meant to fly out, the contract got cancelled. So it was kind of like, right, you're going to be put here now for a year. Um, obviously that was difficult at the time but looking back on it it was an amazing year I got put in Austin, Texas what a fun place that is yeah, really. <laughs> what a fun place <laughs> um, so spent 9-10 months in Austin working with a rec program up there um, that was fun good another different life experience but I enjoyed it thoroughly and then luckily enough so my boss in Austin was the best man at Rich Bywater's, Rich Bywater's wedding. 
So everything kind of folded out. And I was looking to go back to the morning to give Rich a call. And like, I've got this idiot coming down. He wants to come and coach for you. And I met Ross and Rich at Eatery 8 on a random night in December when I flew in. And they just offered me a, a job. The rest is history. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, what a story. That's a great story. Oh, my gosh. It's actually funny because when you went to the, um, the football college in England, I actually did the exact same thing. Yeah. And got a degree. In same one? No, not the same one. Okay. My, I didn't have to go live there because mine was only 20 minutes away from my house. So yeah. That, I was pretty lucky with that. But, yeah, the team was very successful as well. And you, it, it's crazy that you're in... You're in school, you're getting a degree, but everything you're doing is related to football. Yeah, so talk about, so I know, I've I've talked to a couple guys, because Ohio University here in the States has just started the first master's degree Mm -hmm. in specific soccer coaching. I think they have soccer and another sport, but this is like kind of a popular thing in England. Yeah, so the college that I was at was, everything that they did in the college was specific to a certain topic, so... It was, so there was like hairdressers. It was kind of like a like a DMAC. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like yeah, like a technical college yeah, almost. Of like college, yeah. So you were getting a degree in sports science and football coaching. Yeah. So you do that alongside, and then you would play. I trained. So you're on like a team too. You're like on, you're on the, the school team. So is that so? Yeah, we were actually linked with Wickham Wanderers. So we were almost a development DA almost. Yeah, gotcha. And then you would feed into that the, into their actual academy. Okay. So you train Monday, Tuesday. Play Wednesday, day off Thursday, go to college on Friday, play Saturday, have Sunday off. That was it. That was all I was like for three years. And you got a degree out of it. Friday school, that was it. That's it? That was the, that was the only thing you had to do. My like, mom was a little different. I had... Carrie's <laughs> like, wait a second. We had three classes. It was like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then one a little bit later. And that was it. And yeah, I was a bit different. We Every morning we trained. Mm-hmm. Um, nine till 11, two hours of training. Have an hour for lunch, um, and then your classes would be like twelve thirty till four thirty. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was always a travel day for games. Um, Thursday, same again. Friday was off. Hmm. Um, we didn't play weekends because we only played college teams. But like you said, it was like a feeder. Yeah. So they fed us into like the best players. Obviously, went to Preston North End Academy. Mm-hmm. A couple of us went to like semi-pro teams around Blackpool and Preston. So we would be playing semi-pro games on the weekend. As well as you getting a college degree, so huh. best thing I ever did, hundred percent. So, what would the what would the like co- like a class be? Like, it was it broken down into like, okay, this this class is like a game, like what everything you should be doing in a game, like similar to like coaching courses, or is it like more everything together? We did have like tactical and tactical prep classes, yeah. yeah. But from for your actual like certification and degree, it would be like say psychology, but it would all be centered. Oh. Football. Okay. So we would okay. do the psychology of penalty kicks. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's everything that would be in a normal degree, but they specific uh, specify it to um, to football. Uh, yeah, that's football. wild. <laughs> that's pretty. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't do that for more things. Like because everyone's interested in like classes are really hard when you're not interested in like the thing you're learning about. Yeah. So if you can tailor it to like you can still learn about the subject matter, but focus it on like what you're interested in. That was amazing as well because it had all the same types of learners. All yeah. of Everybody all wants to be there. Yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to turn up and we all learn the same. If you gave us a load of instructions and we're just going to be like, 
Yeah, right, what, right. What's going on? None of us did great in school. Yeah. Like, we were all intelligent, but we couldn't articulate what we were going to say on paper. Yeah. So it was really like interactive lessons, and I don't think I would have got a degree anywhere else other than this place, honestly. Absolutely not. Yeah. The only reason I went to that school was because originally when I finished school at 16, I couldn't get in <laughs> to my, the same school I went to for five years. I couldn't get back in to be the, the last two years. They're like, ah. They <laughs> we know what you're about, <laughs> Andrews. <laughs> we had to have specific interviews. You graduated at 16, then you had options to do two more years, which is called sick form. Yeah. So you could do two more years, 17, 18, at the same school, and you do like a, a prep degree for a university or for college. That's what it was. So if you got good grades then, you get into a better class. So it's kind of like the SATs here. So, so, were, so were the professors like soccer coaches, or were they like actual people? Yes. So oh, all the teachers were A-licensed coaches. Really? Yeah. licensed coaches. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. That's super cool. Damn. Huh. So everyone in the, in the classes was a freaking idiot, but we could play football. So, and talk football. Though. And talk football. Yeah. yeah. And we had like, because we had so many students, it was like first team, second team, third team. Yeah. Um, so it would all be the students, so you could be in the same class as someone who's on the fourth team and yeah. third team, but you go and play with your, with your first team. But just in a learning environment, I feel like that was so much better, like, because everyone, like you said, everyone's just talking about the same thing. Yeah. So like you're like grouped with discussions in a normal class, you're like, Jesus, oh, like. And then that carries onto the field. Yeah, like builds like camaraderie and team bonding. And yeah. yeah, I actually said that to to my 19 year olds the other day. I said like the best team I ever played for, it wasn't one that had the best players. It was one where we were like brothers and we did everything together, mm-hmm. off the field, lived together, mm-hmm. lunch together, yeah, um, assignments and stuff together. Um, so trying to build that culture with them boys. Yeah, easier said than done until they're, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's difficult when there's uh, a thousand other sports. Yeah, right. As well, a thousand other things. Different high schools. And different high schools as well. That's a big thing. When we're talking about when we're doing it, at co- when we were at college, that's all we did. We played football and that was it. That's it. One common interest. Yeah. Didn't play another sport. Every time we finished school, we were going to go play football. And after football, we went to play football. So... <laughs> Yeah, I have a timetable at the moment of who's missing practices for what day, for what reason. So I've got some show choir. Show choir's a huge one. Show some at baseball, some at football. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Just come and play the best ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's simple. You come on, guys. That's simple. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so so we were talking before about what we are going to talk about, Jack and I were. And so what were your like expectations coming to uh, this just the states in general like so obviously you started with challengers so it's kind of more like technically focused right like on uh, you know foot skills things like that um and then did you always see yourself transitioning to like a team coach or was it kind of just like uh, uh the college thing ran out i gotta do something yeah still want to do soccer I, mean, I coached teams at home and i loved it i loved having my own team i loved being responsible and i loved having people look up to me to try and guide them through it. So I definitely always wanted to get into the team route. Um, I never thought I'd actually move to the USA. I always loved the idea of what the USA entails. Um, yeah. But I never thought I'd actually move here for good. Uh, but I'm not looked by since. I love, I love what I do. I love the busyness of it. It's all crazy and it has, it takes a toll on your family life and everything like that. But it's, uh, it's definitely really, really fun. So yeah. definitely the team environment I want to stay in. Mm. Mm. 
Uh, and then talk about the difference in – so we kind of talked about the different sports and that aspect of it. But what, what have you seen is the most uh, glaring difference between kind of like the English player and the culture you grew up in and then the, the American player now, the, the players you coach? Um, I get asked this question all the time, like, what's the biggest difference? And the analogy I always use is that here in Iowa, we've got, what, one professional club three hours away, and then Minnesota probably four hours away, so two pro clubs in a seven-hour radius. And where I grew up in Stockport, which is just inside Manchester, there's Oldham, Wigan, Bolton, Bury, Mansfield, Stockport, Man United, Man City, within a 20-minute drive. So eight professional clubs in Stockport City now. So, eight or nine professional clubs within a 20 minute drive, and probably another 20 semi professional clubs. So, just the, the access and the culture to, to see in the highest level is a massive, massive difference. I'm constantly reminding my younger players you have to watch the game. Yeah. How are you going to know what the top level looks like if you don't watch the game? Yeah. You want to aspire to be like these guys, but you don't know who they are? Doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So having the access to go and watch in the flesh uh, high-level games is, is a huge difference. Mm. Um, and like you said uh, before about the different sports, um, at UC, I had a U7 team at the local um, club I had. And over here, we have a U7 team that's really like really fun games. And you're going to be a fairy, you're going to be a donut or something like this. But... The U7s, we learn functionals and the basics because we don't need to teach them to love the game. Mm. They, love, they love the mm. game. They love learning about opening up and finishing at seven years old. Whereas here, we have to teach them to love the game first. And then, once you've built that love, then you can start putting the fundamentals together. So really, they're not learning as much until 10, 11 years old. So we're always playing catch-up. We're playing catch-up, exactly. Like five years behind, right? At six years old over in England, they're learning the real functionals of, okay, I need to open up with my body and go the other way. I need to um, look to find passing options. Simple things that you still teach over here, but starting five years younger. Because you don't need to teach them to love the game. And is it like, would you say verbiage is a big thing? Like you said, here, especially with the younger kids, it's you got to make it fun and it's like all right like you're like you said you're a donut and we're going to dribble around and like yeah. in england is it like can you be more specific to like actual soccer actions or oh for sure yeah um i mean you still make it fun don't you know yeah, right, right. you have to have fun at six seven years old but rather than calling someone a fairy you can say you're cristiano ronaldo or yeah and i don't know if that would always translate to a seven seven year old over here they might not who yeah but you said lebron james you might not yeah exactly right um, so you can Make everything really specific to to the game. Mm. It's funny that there are no LeBron James, but they don't play basketball. Who English players? Or? No, just American kids. They fall. This is the. This is another thing. Is it, so in England, like when you're really, really young, like probably six, seven, or growing up. Like here, everyone has a basketball hoop, either like attached to their garage or in their driveway or wherever, and so they all, like, even even if they don't play, they, like, know how to shoot a basketball. Or, like, they go out and they pretend to be five, four, three, and then you just chuck it up. Like, in England, does everyone have, like, a, a mini soccer goal? Or is it, like, in the streets, everyone, you know, two yeah. trash cans that, like... Definitely, tips? yeah. Absolutely. Like, we wouldn't even need a goal. 
jumpers for goalposts. Yeah, jumpers, or you'd use light posts, or sometimes if, depending on where you lived, you'd use people's cars as the posts yeah. and try and get in between the cars. Like, <laughs> you find anything, like, as funny as it sounds. Like, I remember, I used to try and take free kicks. Um, there was this old guy who lived on my street. He had a really big hedge. Um, that's the goal. And I'm going to steal two people's um, wheelie trash cans <laughs> or put them in the middle of the road, and that's going to be my wall. Yeah. And I would used to just take free kicks. Yeah. <laughs> we used to play a game where both sides of the road, so the curve was a little bit higher. Yeah. So you, one person would be on one side, one person would be on the other side. One ball. You play the ball in, you have to hit the curve just right, it would pop up. Curve. If you could take it, if you could take it out of the air, you get a point and bring it down. Yeah. Perfect. I love that game. Man. See the, but those are just like the little things that I feel like. Yeah, it's just that it, like ingrained in you, and like you guys remember, like I like we would never do that just because like I played soccer as a kid, and then even like, but like even the, the kids that also played soccer, we would go home and we you know football in the backyard, like American football in the backyard or basketball. It's like just such a different it's culture, but like it, it yeah, mentality it's too. Like, it's mentality too, but it's culture as well. Like mm-hmm. how many. Talk about how many professional teams there are in England. How big England is too. Think about the size of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a state. Yeah, same size. Six times into Texas. Yeah, six times. There's 66 million people in England, and there's only how many now? Four, four million, five million. It's about five million. Yeah. <laughs> inside, we need a fact checker. England inside Iowa. Yeah. So it's it's, it's culture and it's, uh, it's it's the sizes and. Yeah, that's. There's not much. There's not much to say about it. Is it? Yeah. Fuck you. You're not unless we. The the culture's never gonna change. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. As far as NFL, NBA, like I said, everyone knows LeBron, LeBron James, LeJean Brains. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. We've hit it on. We've hit it so many times, but it's just like. Yeah, just the do things as coaches though to try and instill that love in them. Yeah, like younger maybe, um, and then but carry on doing it. Like I've been doing a thing at the moment with my teams is giving them a homework sheet to go and fill out um, a template on a play that they watch at the weekend. Yeah, and I ask them to come and watch my U19 boys on Saturday, and then they fill it out and they compare it, and then I send it to the boys to see what. A twelve-year-old girl wrote about them, so that's <laughs> but it's just planting seeds in their heads. Like, okay, I'm watching um, um, Van Dyke, and I love the way that he times his tackles. So little things like that, I'm just going to keep building and building and adding. And I think we need to do a better job at that as a state, as a country, as a club, everything. Um, and you obviously have a good laugh too. Like there was one I was reading the other day, I'll stay anonymous, but he watched Lionel Messi, and he said. He did okay. He needs to get the ball better and dribble more. <laughs> <laughs> and he said for this dribble. The best dribble yeah, ever. ever. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah, you never know what kids will <laughs> come up with. Man. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, licensing right now. So, John, you just got back in your seat. Mm-hmm. So, Jamie, you did... You, you, we spoke a little bit earlier about it. So, you did your... With B prep classes? Yeah, I did my level one, level two, my youth modules, and my B prep classes. Okay, and so, then, so what, did the, what did that entail? 
the prep classes. Yeah. It's just like getting you ready from the transition from your level two. And what is that? It'd probably be the equivalent to like the C license over here. Mm-hmm. What? So for the for the people that don't know, what level two is through? Through the FA. Okay. So Football Association of England. Mm-hmm. Um, each county that you live in has their own FA. So I did mine through um, Manchester FA. Um, and then the B prep license, um, like the little taster classes you get to start to make the transition between the jump of the local FA to UEFA, which is European Awards. So it goes from local to European, um, and then they're trying to get you ready for the differences in maybe terminology. Um, like in my level two, you work with a specific player sometimes, but in your UEFA B, you would work with a whole unit. So it would be your back four or your two forwards or something like that. So it's just really getting you into um, that sort of mode where you're going to make the leap. Because that's really when part-time coaches don't tend to take the UEFA B licence. If you want to make a career out of it, you're going to invest in the UEFA B licence. So I signed up to do it and then obviously I moved out to America. So I never actually got around to it. I'd like to do it um, one time, maybe in a couple of years, go back to Europe and, and do that. But I just got done with my D licence over here. I'm um, still waiting for... Um, my feedback and all that but that's been fun um, I came over originally thinking okay I just want to jump straight to the C license or B license whatever I thought it was like a license transfer where uh, I've done everything at home kind no. of just jumped <laughs> you'd think huh? yeah. but if you played uh, in the MLS yeah then you'd jump, jump straight in jump straight to B even yeah. if you've never coached a day in your life yeah. jump straight to the B um, so yeah I was kind of like I've got to do all these but and that was really the wrong mentality to have. You can really learn something from everything mm-hmm. and everyone that you take. And I had a really good instructor, Matt Gordon. It was really fun. Matt um, Gordon? Matt he was your Gordon. instructor? Yeah. Hey. Shout out to Matt. Shout out, Matt. Yeah, yeah. me now, actually. Oh, yeah. wow. Hurry up and do your assignments. Jeez. You call him. <laughs> I can't do this on the pod. On the pod. No, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to get Gordo on, actually. Um so what, so what were the differences, and maybe it's terminology, so the D would kind of be like the level one-ish? Yeah, between level one and two, yeah. Level one and two. Okay, so what were the, what were the main differences that you kind of saw or took away? Um, Methodology is different, for sure. Um, on my FA level two, it was um, the TSG method, so technique, skill, game. So unopposed, opposed, put it into the game, whereas the D license has been all play, par play. Yeah. Um, Play practice play. So you play first, you get your topic out in a little conditioned game maybe, and then you play, but you're always coaching your topic within the game. So you could see something glaringly obvious missing maybe defenders, but if it's not ideally affecting the topic, you yeah. just keep coaching what you do. So coaching through the game is a big one. Um, we always go back and forward in our office on unopposed versus opposed practices. I like mixing up. And the, the best thing about it is no one's right. Yeah. Nobody's going to be right, and to never do one opposed, to never do opposed. Um, so it's getting a good balance of that. But my methodology, terminology, they've been the, the biggest differences for me. How long is the. So the D is uh, just two weekends, right? Yeah, six weeks apart. Yeah. So how long is the, the level one and level two? Level one was done in a day. Oh, really? Uh, I did that as part of my college. Um, I think it was like 200 pounds, maybe. 185. 185. It's getting cheaper. 43 hours. Yeah. So you do, you do the whole coaching in a day and then you do your long book, yeah. which takes the 43 hours. Um, and then level two 
it was two weekends again. Yeah. Um, I think they were maybe probably similar, six to eight weeks apart. Um, funny story about my, my level two. So um, I was probably pretty competent still at that point. I coached for a while, so really had no problem passing that license. But I offered to go last or first or whatever they needed to meet. And I had a really good instructor. He said, okay, you can go last. And then everyone got through their, their sessions. You know what it's like being a part of those. You've got to be in people's sessions. Yeah. So by like 3 o'clock after you've been on the field since just 9 a.m., yeah. just absolutely <laughs> goosed. So 3 p.m., my session rolls around. And then out of nowhere, I mean literally nowhere, a hail and snowstorm came. I was like, I've waited all this time. <laughs> and he goes, we're going to have to cancel <laughs> what do you mean? I've just been in a session for seven hours doing overloads. Yeah, right. And now I'm going to do it. So he actually ended up coming out to my home environment. It's only a 20 minute drive and watching coach Mario. I had under 18s at the time who were like a feeder squad for Rochdale, mm. another pro club. You know, yeah. um, and he watched me do that. Just give him some feedback. There you go. So I'm looking at the level two right now. And. So it's broken down into three blocks. So level two, block one is how we coach. And we break it down into, it looks like, four days. You get a two-day break, so this year it's the 30th of September, and then it goes to the first, and then you get a second off. You go third and fourth. Then the level two, block two, is how we support and how we support and the future player. And that's the three days, and that looks like it's two weeks after, and then they do a level two, block three, how we play, and that's three days, which is about two weeks after two. Hmm. So it's about a six week course, yeah. That's interesting. With a a couple of breaks. It's interesting that it's changed that much already since I I did one, I was 19, so 25 now, so five years ago, six years ago, it's changed that much already, which is, you can see why the licensing, the structure, and the academies in England are changing, and they start to see the benefits of that. In the youth game, yeah. 17, 18, 19s, winning World Cups, yeah. senior squad got to a semi-final, still not over it. So it's coming home. It's coming home. One day, yeah, right? <laughs> One day. Well, that's interesting to say about the change as well, because I did my senior yeah. nine months ago, yeah. and John did his, and it's already changed. Yeah, completely different. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're revamping, and I know that they had some other... Um, some outside people come in and kind of change the whole methodology for U.S. soccer. Because, I mean, now, you know, you talk to some people that did their even A's 15, 20 years ago. And it's, you know, maybe not even that long, maybe 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. And it's completely different. It's like they talk about the workload, that. And then we talk about our workload just for the C. And it's like, mm, like. Yeah, so the level yeah, of detail yeah, going down. Yeah. And licensing, which is it's good. Yeah. Um. One interesting thing we talked about at our course last week, um, how how's the buy-in from uh, the coaches in England like towards the courses? Um, we talked about we talked about it at the U.S. Um, that one of one of the instructors said that uh, made an interesting comment that people here in the U.S. don't respect the federation. So then they come into these coaching courses and it's kind of like, oh, there's a, a mandate that I have to have a D license or C license to coach an MRL for, or National League now. Um, so I'm just doing it for that. Instead of being like, hey, this is a, an a opportunity for me to learn uh, and you know, and grow as a, as a person. 
but yeah, so I'm just wondering what the buy-in or kind of mentality is for coaches doing even level one, level two, UFB. I think, I think it even be the complete opposite mm. that they are in England. They're doing these courses because they, they want to get better and there's no real pathway for them. So I can't remember who shared it on, on Twitter. It was a job in Scotland, which was um, £400 a month working with a professional academy in the Scottish Premier League. And you had to have a minimum of a UEFA A licence. £400. £400. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't add up to yeah. go through a course that's going to cost you $2,000 plus... Years of work it's going to take you to yeah. start in a four hundred pound a month. Um, so I'd actually say it's the opposite. And people are going through these courses because they want to learn, not because they're looking for extra opportunities to to go higher. Maybe that is for some people's um, reasons. But when you see stuff like that, you're like, why would you? Man, <laughs> four hundred pounds is not. So yeah, so what, at what point in England do you, do you have to work like within a like pro academy to like make a livable wage solely off coaching? Probably, yeah. I mean, it's not like it is out here, whereas grassroots coaches and select coaches get paid. Well, they get paid. My career yeah, when I was in a club, my club coach didn't get paid at all. Yeah. So what do you do? You're just like a carpenter or something? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I believe he was a truck driver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He probably does more than, you know. I used to get £15 a session when I worked at Rochdale, which is the League One right now. So I was up there under 18, like Shadow Squad. Yeah. It's like Feeder Academy. And £15. £15, so probably $20. Yeah, $21.50. Two sessions a week. And then, and then compare that. So not I don't want to put you on the spot. So like compare that squad to like your 19s now. Um, similar ability levels Um, buy-in and focus demonstration um, I'm only going to do this dedication levels 100% better in England like as talented as my 19 year olds are right now they still play football show fire other stuff all of them have aspirations of going to the next level whereas every single person in that squad had aspirations of going to the next level and if it didn't crush yeah whereas I think if they didn't get the scholarship they wanted over here like, alright I'll do something else go to Iowa yeah. State and just hang out for go it. to the next level of show yeah jazz hands extra jazz hands <laughs> man Where, what is the next level of show for? I think you can get scholarships Glee <laughs> Glee too <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Jesus. no that's mm. there's so many yeah it's just yeah, once you see, like, the level... I mean, so we play... Let's talk about the uh, German coach from Chicago. Yeah, I was trying to use his name. I, knew, I know. I tried to look it up. So, uh, and this is a, it goes back to the, our coaching conversation. Or like, the buy-in from the high-level coaches is... So, we both... Both of our teams, we went to Chicago. And we played... Uh, a, whatever you want to call it. An affiliate or a... BVB yeah, International Academy. Yeah, Dortmund's, like, International yeah. Academy... And they had a team located in uh, Illinois that but both of our teams played. And, you know, oftentimes here it's kind of like uh, uh, the player, like their players were better than ours. So, like, that's why they won the game. And I think both of us came away from <laughs> each, of the, each of our games going like, 
that was a serious like out coaching. <laughs> like the, the guy was the, it was the most organized team I'd ever like. The players were good. The players were good. Don't get me wrong, but like in terms of compared to ours, like mm, you know, really was yeah, not that much difference. yeah. But they were just like, talk about buy in, and he did not say. A, I, don't, I don't think he said a word during the games. It was just. They were so organized. And then I talked to Jack. I was like, yeah, against us, they played a 5-3-2, which you never see. And, you know, everyone plays basically some variation of a 4-3-3, right? So he played a 5-3-2. I'm like, he just sat in, like, super disciplined. They didn't they didn't get out of position. They shifted as a unit. I'm like, yeah, like, that's crazy. Like, how'd you guys break it down? He goes, oh, they didn't play a 5-3-2 against us. So they played a completely different formation as well and just, like, just so tactically adept. And like, he, didn't, he didn't have to say anything on the side. No. <laughs> didn't the thing that sometimes is, like, there's an impression that if we're not screaming from the sidelines, we're not doing our jobs or we don't care. Yeah. It's like we do that work in training. Yeah. And this is, like, the test. Yeah. Like, I ain't got a joystick. You ain't going to tell you where you need to be. If you don't know where you need to be, you'll lose the game. Yeah. Yeah. That team also finished... They were quarterfinals in that Illinois State Cup. Yeah, which I'm sure. But I, I, I would, I would venture to say, well, well, one that's not to discount any coaches, and but like also the level of player in there. So like, I'm sure they ran into a team that just had far and above. Like, I mean, that guy was <laughs> was the most organized I've ever seen. I cannot <laughs> just can't wait crying from the field. Yeah, I, I was just kind of like, ah, like it makes you reflect a little bit. Like, yeah. Ah, like, okay, you know, we get away with a lot. And it was good. I think we talked to maybe Rich about it on the pod, but it's like to get away and see different styles of play and, like, different is so good and it makes you a better coach because you have to, like, adjust and, like, kind of analyze. And, you know, unfortunately, the kids don't often see that. Like, one of the glaring things is, like, what formation are they playing? And they, like, haven't even thought about it. And you're like... Like how are you how are you supposed to make adjustments or decision? Like that affects your decision making. Like we can't play, and they're like, I don't know, what are you talking about? Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, kind of just goes back to not watching the game as well. It's like just you have no idea what that top top end looks like. But sure, like you, like you said, when I'm watching other coaches, I think that's the most I've ever learned. Yeah, is watching other coaches and learn way more than you do on licenses just by working with and observing other coaches. The best. The best way to learn, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm just trying to find that coach. I tried to find. He looked like Jurgen Klopp. At, well, <laughs> he did. He did. I don't <laughs> like him already. <laughs> yeah, he's German, so I didn't like him. Often. Yeah, he had a. He, at the halftime, he had this. I don't know. It's a tangent of this coach, but he had he had the mini cones, right? So the little ones, and he set them up in uh, presumably our formation. And he had the only thing he had different. He had a mini ball. And he would roll it to, and he, you know, he'd roll it to this spot, and he'd go, you know, yeah. whatever he was saying. And I was like, I, I was giving my halftime talk, and I kept peeking over at him because I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this guy is. I like, didn't say that actually because I remember the specific feedback on that on my level two was that I have to use the ball if I'm going to use visual aids yeah. to show. You have to use the ball to show um, the ball moving. Yeah. So if the ball goes out to the right back, don't just say the ball goes on here. Show sure. that the ball is going to go out there. Yeah. Um, so that's quite interesting. He said. Uh, yeah, that was only that was only a prep class. A level two, a level two. Yeah, most of these guys for that academy have a level two. Really? FA level two. Are they all German? Uh, no, I think they might just have to do that because they're affiliated with BBB. Yeah. The International Academy. Interesting. Um, okay, let's 
Should we jump into Dirty 30, I guess? Do it. Dirty 30? Dirty 30. All right. You have some good ones? Um, I think we're getting more standardized. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so just first thing that comes into uh, your mind, um, don't tar- try and think about it too much. We want reactionary answers. One thing, one thing. All right, are you ready? All right, here we go. Favorite football manager? Alex Ferguson. Jersey tucked or untucked? Untucked. Favorite sport outside of soccer? Boxing. Ooh, Tyson Fury? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, the gypsy king. Gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, pre-game meal? Chicken and rice. Ooh. Uh, favorite team, not Man U? Mm. <laughs> <I> say England. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, that bad, I like right? <laughs> uh, let's do this. Favorite Man United team? Of all time? Yeah. Oh, see, obviously, you know, people will say the, the 1999 winning team. I was only four years old, but I still remember it. But probably 2008, my yeah. United team, and we had front three of Ronaldo, Rooney, Tevez. Bermatov would come in and out. Oh, Bermatov. Oh, God. Um, Love that guy. Oh, yeah. Saw him playing in uh, America, actually. A little really? tour, yeah. They came on tour in America. He was oh. great. He's a monster, man. He's like gangly. He's like, oh, so good. <clears throat> uh, favorite player, current or former? Paul Scholes. Ooh. I wonder why. Anyway. <laughs> uh, favorite thing about Iowa? Ooh. What a question. That's a great question, John. Favorite thing about Iowa? Absolutely stumped. Hey, no. hey, play the song. Like, stop this. Wow. 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 Um, food. Uh, oh, favorite. what about the food? Favorite restaurant? The Sun restaurant. So, yeah, some good restaurants. My dad is obsessed with Denny's Diner, he's never been. I don't know why. <laughs> he's never been. <laughs> Den- Denny's America. Denny's Diner. <laughs> They've never been over? My mom has, and my sister has, but my dad's never been. And he's always like, I want to go to Denny's Diner. What? <laughs> Denny's Diner. Good luck. Um, uh, my favorite restaurant. So for my anniversary a couple months ago, I was stumped on where to go and I asked Rich Bywater, a man of many talents, and a foodie. <laughs> he told me to go to a pasto, Sherman Hill. Oh, yeah. Oh. Quality. Absolute mustard food. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to a pasta. Did go there a couple You did? You, yeah, yeah, you literally told me about that. Yeah. Took the missus there. Yeah. She took me there, vice versa. Quality. Quality. <laughs> Quality either way. Uh, favorite soccer memory? Playing, coaching of all time? Both. One one from either. One from either. Okay, I've got a funny story for you. So, um, 1999. Whoa. 26th of May. <laughs> I was, what time? <laughs> it would have been about 7 p.m. <laughs> so, um, that was the day that Man United played Bayern Munich in the Champions League final. And... We obviously were one nil down until the last two minutes. Two minutes, and we ended up. Long story short, we ended up winning the game two one. But we scored. We equalised. My whole family jumps on. Like, yeah, equalised game. We're gonna get extra time on penalties, and then um, we got another goal. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously the unthinkable happened. We scored again, and my mum jumps up, and her water's broke. Oh, oh 
pregnant at the time, water broke, next day my sister was born. No. <laughs> so I, I really should have said we should have called my sister Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. Oh, wow. That's good, man. That is quality. Uh, playing wise, probably um, winning the national championships with my college team. Oof. Yeah, not, not bad. Casual, casual. Yeah, just winning the national championship. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to Ollie. No. Um, awesome. Well, anything? We do have a question. Oh. Oh, yeah, I did see this. Sharpie. Okay. Whitney Sharp. So she says, does it kill you that you don't have the almighty, gorgeous, daily blend on the Red Devils anymore? And how do you feel about their past three rough weekends? Tie, loss, tie. Thanks, Sharpie, for reminding me of that. I just got over that. Um, I don't think it's past three weekends. <laughs> past three years. Um, yeah, obviously they're going through a transitional, tough, tough time at the moment when someone as great as Alex Ferguson leaves. Yeah. Didn't really fill the void. As much as I hate to say it, Liverpool and Man City are miles ahead of us now, which kills me every single day. Yeah. I was actually speaking to Mike Smith the other day, and he said the only thing that could make it worse would be if, if Leeds came up and did the same thing. <laughs> 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 nightmares, <laughs> nightmares. Um, but not Daily Blend. It's not good enough to play for Manny. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would agree. Daily Blend. Oh, man. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else? Jamie, anything else from you? No, I actually do want to give my mum a shout out. It's her yes. birthday today. Hey! Happy birthday, mum. Love you, miss you. See you probably in another year or so. Perfect. Jeez. Happy birthday, mum. Yeah, very good. All right, thanks, Jamie. Cheers, boys. Thanks, guys. Woo!